into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. John and I are here, and we're talking about Stranger Things Season 2 today. I'm running on caffeine and conspiracy theories. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thing, I guess, you know, there you go. Uh, we're going to talk, talk about the, only the first episode of the season, Season 2. Uh, I've managed to only watch the first episode so far. I fucked up. <laughs> and I could not stop watching uh, for six hours. So yeah, I'm more than halfway into it now. Yeah, what is it? Is it eight episodes again? Or I believe it's eight episodes. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're down the rabbit hole. Okay. Uh, hopefully, John will be able to not spoil anything. No, I'll keep it episode one centric. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of geek news. Uh, we got some casting news happening for. Uh, Shazam, which I actually I also want to talk about with uh what's his uh, the the director's name David Sandberg, um, he tweeted, excuse me earlier this week saying he's pretty much mentally preparing himself for all the backlash he's gonna get <laughs> after making this movie, because uh, he just knows that it doesn't matter what he does if he stays faithful or he doesn't stay faithful or you know whatever decisions he makes. I'm sorry. He's going to have somebody yelling at him about how it's not right. Yeah. Whether it's uh, Shazam has the cloak or doesn't have the cloak or, you know, they cast somebody completely out of left field. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, he's he's uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And, and Somebody somewhere is going to have a problem with something he does. I, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm... Probably one of the first people to get on and be like, well, why did they decide to do this kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like to think that I have I give movies the benefit of the doubt before, uh, you know, I get too crazy about them. Um, with that being said, we have, like, there's there has been some casting news after he tweeted that. So, first off was uh, Ben Mendelsohn, I guess best known right now. For being uh, in Rogue One, what was his? Do you remember what his character's name was in uh, Rogue he One? He was like Director Krennic. Krennic, that's right. So uh, well, he he's been cast as the villain of Shazam, which was kind of to surprise because I think at this point we we were both thinking the Rock was still going to be Black Adam, and that was going to be the villain of the of the movie. But I would personally, I I know that they've had some to, uh they had some stuff come out about. Black Adam, how that? Because he's definitely going to get his own movie too. And in the comic books, Black Adam really teeters 
between being the villain and being uh, a hero at times. So he might be a reluctant hero in the first movie if they introduce him. Um, then they get into the whole Black Adam movie and then maybe he's a, a villain or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he's a a villain, a misunderstood villain in the first movie. Then we get his own movie and then he's a, a partner to Captain Marvel in the third movie kind of thing. Well, that makes sense because the the whole way that you earn the Shazam powers is that you have to be worthy of it at first anyway. And I believe that's what happened with Black Adam, isn't it? Like he became corrupted by the power uh, later on or maybe he just decided to use that. Uh, you know, it came from a good place and then they just... He just decided to take matters into his own hands. Well, and- yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, obviously he wanted the power. And the way that I know it, the, know the story, is that he, he wanted the power to protect his people. You know, his country is being invaded and, and taken over. And this is back in Babylonian days or something like that. Right. And uh, he, he, gets, he gets the power, but then he kind of becomes totalitarian. But, you know, his people love him. And they they love, but he he kind of rules with an iron fist kind of thing too. So, I'm seeing parallels with the uh, Scorpion King a little bit there. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, there's that. But uh, Ben Mendelsohn is going is supposedly going to be a, a villain in it. Now, of the villains that I know in um, Captain Marvel universe, uh, Doctor Savannah and Mister Mind. Which I think Mr. Mind's like a little worm, so I don't know if that's that would be him or not. I could see him being a Doctor Savannah. It's kind of a whole uh, science versus magic. So like in, where you have in Iron Man, Iron Tony Stark's obviously a man of science, so his biggest villain is a man of of magic, the Mandarin. This way is the other way around. Shazam gets his powers from magic, so his biggest villain would be a man of science. Yeah, and at this point. I reached the uh, limit of my knowledge with Shazam, so um, I have no, yeah, I have no idea who else he would fight. I only know of like two people Shazam has fought with: Black Adam and Superman. <laughs> so yeah, when it comes to that, I'm basically just putting my trust in the director and writer's hands at that point. Um, hopefully, not with the reimagined DCU EU. Um, it's not a movie filled with murder and. <laughs> Uh, you know, dubious uh, gray areas. You know, this one's a little bit more clear cut, seeing as how it's from the point of view of a child, essentially, at like a 10 or 11 year old that turns into his idealized version of, uh, of a superhero, of, a of superhero. an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, so that's a good, good segue because they have announced who they've cast as shazam or captain marvel i see i still have a problem i don't know what to call him like i know i think dc comics is 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 stopped calling the character captain marvel altogether but how can he call himself shazam like that's his magic word like if he says hey don't worry people shazam is here and now he turns back into billy batson well i mean the captain marvel moniker works um when you take into consideration that it's a kid wanting to call himself something cool right exactly so that works for me but uh, you're right like i don't know how they're gonna do that i mean i know in comics they had some sort of truce as to how they were gonna just you know divvy up that name um does that apply to movies i mean there's always almost always differences um between the different properties so i have no idea what they're gonna do with it um maybe they're gonna work it out in such a way that 
he'll only change back if he shouts the name at the top of his lungs, you know? Like yeah. He, he needs to say it loud enough that the heavens can hear it so they can shoot the lightning. If he just whispers it, he's cool. <laughs> he just goes around and goes, hi, guys, I'm Shazam. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there can be, you can throw in the stipulation of there's intention. You know, if he intends to change himself back and forth, then that that's there, but I don't know. Well, and also, like, I've always thought it was funny that uh, Black Adam also has to say Shazam in order to change back. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, he gets his powers from the same wizard. Right. The, the same so, wizard gave him the power. And, I mean, he doesn't. he's not called Shazam, even though he says the same thing. Yeah, and you're right. In the Injustice uh, video game, because that's also where I know most of my Black Adam and Shazam lore, uh, one of the moves that Black Adam does is he calls down Shazam, but then moves out of the way and lets the lightning hit whatever character he's fighting. So it sounds like it's some, something you can avoid if you just kind of step out of the way of the lightning. <laughs> you can. And, and yeah, I've seen Captain Marvel do the same. Uh, there's the whole Kingdom Come storyline where he's holding on to Superman and he's constantly like he's got Superman in a bear hug facing up and he's constantly saying Shazam and the lightning bolt is hitting Superman instead of hitting him. So magic being one of the things that hurts Superman. Yeah. That's such a cool story. I'll be adapt that someday. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all in all, I guess whoever they get, they cast to be young Billy Batson, he will think of himself as Zachary Levi when he becomes Captain Marvel. Yeah, Chuck, otherwise known as Finn from Tangled. That's right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite character of his, actually. I like Finn quite a bit. See, and you know, he's also not uh, a stranger to um, the comic movie because he was in Thor 2, uh, The Dark World. Uh, he played Fandral. That's right. Of the Warriors 3. Uh, he replaced the actor who played the character in the first movie. Yeah. Um,. But the funny thing is, is that the director of the first movie, Kenneth Branagh, wanted Zachary Levi to play that role in the first movie. So he couldn't do it because of Chuck. So they got the other actor to do it, the actor from Once Upon a Time. And then the actor from Once Upon a Time couldn't do the movie the second time around because of Once Upon a Time. And Chuck had already been canceled. So I guess uh, Zachary Levi came on to do the movie. Sometimes, you know, I just like to imagine that it was Chuck the whole time in the first movie as well. Uh, and it makes me wonder if, uh, you know, I guess I'm wondering, I'm betting that Warriors 3 don't show up in the in the third movie. Um, I heard something about that, and I think it would be spoilerish since we're so close to the, uh, the, the to movie getting coming to out. it. So, yeah. Well, just maybe. keep it to yourself? Yeah. So, on his Instagram, uh, Zachary Levi came out and said, after it was announced, he said, honored and greatly humbled to be a part of the DC universe by bringing the original Captain Marvel to life. I am beside myself with gratitude, not only for the opportunity, but also the incredible outpouring of love and support from uh, so many of you out there in the world. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll be in the gym for the rest of forever. <laughs> so that was, uh, I mean... I would say, yeah, that's probably one of the things. That if you want to play Shazam, you got to be pretty bulky. Or Captain Marvel, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. And when are they supposed to start shooting that? It's not supposed to come out till like, 2020, right? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I don't think... 2020 sounds a little, too far. A little far. Maybe two, 2019. Yeah. Because, I mean... 
I would imagine he'd have to be working out for like at least six months to start showing some gains. I bet you they start. They start. Actually, I believe they start filming in February. Jeez. But I mean, not. I'm not saying that acting is is uh, an easy job, but that's what he has. I mean, he's got the next between now and February to work out seven days a week for six hours a day. I suppose he could just act like he's really buff, right? <laughs> That's true too. The suit could take up some of it, you know. Yeah. You, you, uh, you know, look at um, look at the Flash's outfit that they're using in the DCEU. Sure, you know? Even better than that, look at that uh, superhero suit that Conan O'Brien had commissioned. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that makes him look super awesome. But you know, one of the things that Ben Affleck got uh, a lot of crap for when he did Daredevil was because the suit itself had, uh, you know fake abs and fake muscles instead of him actually having those muscles and abs. Well, see, the funny thing about that is, uh, and this is kind of getting tangential to it, but that's a throwback to the fact that in comic books, they're basically drawn like they're wearing just like skin tight leotards. Yes. And that's obviously that would show off your muscles, but in the real world application, you'd be wearing body armor. You know, you'd be wearing stuff that's, you know, molded, contoured, meant to be lightweight, but not necessarily have to be defined. No. So the fact that something has muscles on it is just for the pure visual aesthetic of like, hey, this is a superhero outfit, but it really has no purpose to, you know, be shaped like muscles, especially if you're a crime fighter that's, you know, fighting in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, it's purely for us comic book fans that, you know, imagine that's what it's supposed to look like. And, you know, unimaginative, you know, creative types that want to make a, you know, movie version of that. Right. So, I don't know. I think they did a much better job with uh, some of the newer outfits. Like in, um, I think Batman's outfit from Batman v Superman and Justice League looks way better as a tactical bat suit than pretty much any of the earlier versions because even they all have like simulated muscles on them that again there's no real purpose for them other than just that's how they were drawn in comics so yeah give them that obviously look at michael keaton's outfit yeah he doesn't have any muscle on him he's he's just (laughs) he's a comedian he's a comedic actor he's uh but i would say the christian bale's outfit wasn't wasn't too bad no, that's when they started getting more tactical, but it still had like the semi segmentation for the abs, which again isn't necessary. You know, you still have pecs kind of defined, even mm-hmm. though they weren't contoured and thankfully had no more nipples on them. <laughs> but now with uh, Ben Affleck's outfit, it's more of a. It looks more like a leotard than it does. It looks like he's wearing just like a really big, thick sweater. Kind of. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean. I'm happy with Zachary Levi being cast as, as uh, Shazam or Captain Marvel because I think I think he's a fun actor. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's kind of what you need to bring with that character. He's because he's he is he does have the mind of a child. He's a child with the wisdom of Solomon in him. You know, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's very inspired choice to be sure. Mm-hmm. And that that's exactly right. It's a uh, an actor that already seems to embody the spirit of the character he's uh, announced to play in many ways, sort of like uh, what Ryan Reynolds is with that. <laughs> yes. In very many he's ways. Like, That's how he is really. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about how much when you were younger, did you play Contra? Uh, quite a bit. I've geez. I remember spending uh, 
multiple quarters <laughs> at, the, at the arcade on that game. And I would say probably, you know, I have no idea, but it's the first time I ever heard about it, but the originator of the Konami code? Yeah, that yeah. was where it first came. I don't know if that was a, an option on the arcade. I knew about it on the, the, the Nintendo. Yeah, me too. Do it there. And that was the only way I could have even a slight chance of beating the game because three lives and one shot one kill for you that it was pretty brutal that was a i mean you could see why it spent so many quarters i mean with all the money i spent on it i probably could have bought the whole cabinet at some point (laughs) Um, but yeah it was so fun you know running gun colorful characters simple objectives uh you know some ripoffs to the alien franchise that continued well into the series uh, yeah they made no shame of hiding that there was like basically a xenomorph element to it also wasn't the the cover box or the cover art for the 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 game when it came out on, on the nintendo like uh predator it was very predator like yeah wasn't it the the same cover from predator uh that with arnold schwarzenegger sitting there with the gun Essentially, except that it had the the two characters in it instead of just one. Wasn't the other character uh, the dude from uh, Terminator? Um, oh, uh, Kyle Reese. Yeah, Kyle Reese. I think you're thinking that one was taken for Metal Gear. Metal. Oh, okay. Metal Gear had Kyle Reese on it from Terminator. Oh, uh, fair enough. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess Konami came out with a little it, it was like a 15 second video it's just like a, a animated 3d animated video of contra symbol and it's twirling around spinning around and which apparently indicates that uh there's going to be a live action tv series and movie i mean i don't do you remember the storyline to contra other than you have guns and you're fighting aliens <laughs> well i seem to remember it starts off in the jungle and you're fighting soldiers and then the further along into it you get it starts turning into like aliens but first it's very like i think you're fighting another army you're trying to infiltrate their bases and then as you go in further and further yeah yeah you start fighting like xenomorph looking things and it was side scroller right not not up and down it was a combination of both it was was side scrolling and there was some missions where you would be going up um and in two different ways some of them you'd be going up like literally but still technically side scrolling oh like you're jumping from platform to platform right. as you went and then up. there were other levels where you were technically in the same position but you were scrolling left and right and the enemies looked like they were coming at you like galaga kind of yeah. or asteroid or no not quite asteroids it was sort of like a, a what do they call that that fixed perspective where you're like they look like they're far away but they're coming towards you Mm. as opposed to just kind of coming down in a straight line they look like they're getting closer and closer oh okay uh i mean i don't know exactly what that means or pertails but uh sure i'm in for it at this point i mean as long as they have unlimited ammo and you can can get the (laughs) spread shot it's cool i mean at some i i would i would like the show to be uh, a show or movie or live action whatever to be taken seriously but at some point you have to throw in like the konami code right you have to like it has to be the way to open up something. Or. Yeah, I mean, and they already did that in Wreck-It Ralph, so they're going to have to be a little more clever about it. I think. <laughs> what was it in Wreck-It Ralph? It's the same. It was up, up, down, down. But, I mean, what I was it used for? Oh, uh, well, for some unexplained reason, uh, inside the, what was it, Sugar Rush game? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, um, 
Yeah, so King Candy is actually not really a, a part of that game. He's like a character from a different video game, and he hijacked this one so he could take it over. Um, and he got into the code, and I guess it was the, the code to access the vault for the source code of the game. There was an actual physical Nintendo controller. Now, nothing indicated that this was a Nintendo game. Uh, they had no Nintendo branding on this particular game itself, but there was a Nintendo controller. He hit the Konami code, and that opened up the vault to <sighs> mess with the uh, the software, I guess. Nice. It's, it's, it's just a homage, I guess. <laughs> well, it's still a good one. All right. Uh, do you remember the year 2004? Like it was uh, 13 years ago. All right, good. Because uh, there was a zombie copy that came out with Simon Pegg in it called Shaun of the Dead. Written directed by uh, Edgar Wright, also starred Nick Frost. I think you're familiar with it, right? I, I am a fan. <laughs> so apparently, um, Nick, Simon Pegg kind of jokingly wrote, and I don't know how you jokingly write something, but he jokingly wrote a uh, a pitch treatment um, for a sequel, kind of sequel to Shaun of the Dead called From Dust Till Shaun. And you can only imagine it's about vampires as opposed to zombies. That's amazing. Now, I would have to say that if you're a comedian, then everything you write is done jokingly, isn't it? Uh, I guess that's a, a good way of putting it. I, I I would read his, you know, like, eulogy in, like, his funny voice you know, <laughs> just because you associate it with him. Now, is... Is he just trying to joke with us and say, like, oh, well, you know, anytime there's the word Dawn in something, I'm going to replace it with Sean. So we're going to have, like, Red Sean. Red Sean. It's going to be the Russians invading, like, uh, his little town or something. Uh, yes. I, I'm going to say yes. It's exactly what's going on here. <laughs> right. uh, that sounds like a good uh, Facebook game. Replace a word of a movie with Sean. <laughs> I don't know how many more movies are named with Dawn it, though, other than those three. I mean, I imagine there are a few. I'll have to Google it. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Okay, were you ever a fan of the TV show Veronica Mars? Uh, no. no. Well, not to say I watched it and didn't like it. I've just never seen it. So. Okay. Yeah. I was a huge fan. Uh, it's the first place I ever saw Kristen Bell. I think a lot of it's the first place a lot of people saw Kristen Bell. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great show, written very intelligently. Um, after three seasons went off the went off there, that was kind of that kind of was sucked. Um, then we got the Kickstarter movie that came out in 2013, I think, somewhere around there. Sounds about right. Um, which was good. Uh, oh, sorry, 2014. It was good, uh, but it it didn't quite scratch the itch. So uh, Kristen Bell has come out and said that a miniseries is definitely going to happen. Not not saying when or how, but she says that it will definitely happen. Which I think that show does does tend to lend itself better to a serialized uh, format. venue format than it does a movie, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm 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 excited about that. Um, you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to some. I I, I don't think Veronica Mars used to be on uh, Netflix, but I don't think it is anymore. You're you're gonna have to go and rewatch the series some, at some point. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Is that the one where uh, her friend is killed and nobody 
helps, so she decides to become a detective or something like well, that? Well, so, the, the yes, the first season is about her best friend being uh, murdered, and that happened like a year ago before the show starts, and she has been putting stuff together because she works as a secretary for her father, who is a private detective, but he also used to be the sheriff of the town. So he's very good. He's He's got a deductive mind, and he knows... Uh, you know, he knows police work, um, but she is even better at it. And uh, when he goes out and does things like that private detectives have to do now, like, you know, spying on um, cheating couples and stuff like that, she kind of does other things. To, and eventually she puts, you know, the clues together and figures out who kills her her best friend. And uh, that's the first season. Oh, so where do you go from there? And I think I think that's kind of what suffered in the second and third season. The second season still had a really good like overall uh, mystery, and then the third season kind of had two. It split it up into two mysteries, and they just weren't as solid as the first season. But I think that with the time, you, and if you were, but I mean, it was also on CW at the time, so that was you know twenty two episodes, twenty three episodes a season. So they had to put in filler episodes they have to stretch things out in a mini series like format of like six episodes or you know like something like that they would probably be able to uh rob thomas not the singer but right, the, yeah. the creator of the show would be able to uh make a more updated or you know concise story so would it have been interesting if uh the following seasons after the killer of her friend was caught uh it evolved into something akin to silence of the lambs where that killer has some insight that helps her solve cases so she needs to continue coming back to him well i mean not to spoil it for you um the killer of her best friend uh like it it, he wasn't it wasn't a serialized kill it was kind of a more of a in the moment passion kill so he wouldn't be able to give insight any in like that way unless he was working for an uber killer that was sending him out on assignments and then it became a mission to catch that guy no yeah <laughs> yeah i have no authority to speak on this subject so, I'm so just it out no there. yeah no but yeah she I mean, she'd be able to like the movie it leaves it leaves a couple things in the open for uh her to come back for a miniseries to solve stuff so it's it's very possible uh, that things could happen like that. Yeah, and there's no shortage of murders to investigate, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I don't know anything about, and uh, I think you have a little bit of uh, information on, is um, the King Killer Chronicles. Apparently, it lands it lands at Showtime. It's, it's Showtime thinks it's going to be their uh, uh, Game of Thrones. That's uh, by all intents and purposes what it sounds like. Yeah. And uh, it's an interesting story. Yeah, I read the first book on the recommendation of a friend, and um, I really liked it. It's interesting. It has a whole different take. Um, Basically, imagine if a story was taking place from the point of view of Sam. Really? I know that you don't like Sam. I don't like Sam at all. So the character's not like Sam. Okay. I'm just saying more from, like, the perspective of, like, something really big happened, but you start off as more of a side character, and you slowly turn into the main protagonist right while also studying abroad and kind of earning some life experiences along the way uh we have a main character who uh is raised in a traveling performing uh group i guess family um and uh through circumstances having to do with uh demonology and uh black magic he uh, ends up having to go away 
and become an orphan. Uh, so yeah, he has the superhero uh, criteria already met there. And he goes off and becomes an accomplished musician and uh, learns the ways of magic. And they go really into how the magic works in this universe. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Like he is actually in magic school. Wow. Or like essentially like Hogwarts, but without the wands and, um, you know, ridiculous talking portraits. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to be a really cool series. And there's a really strong musical component, given the fact that he is supposed to be an accomplished musician and singer, which is probably one of the reasons why they have Lin-Manuel Miranda attached to it. That's true. He is attached as the executive producer for the show. Yeah. So I think he's going to lend his, his uh, talents of uh, musicianship and lyric writing uh, due to the fact that a large part of the character's arc involves him being part of a performing you know, troupe. And then now, I assume that he probably won't be pay- playing the ma- main character of the show. Oh, I no, no. Is the main character of the show is definitely a ginger. Okay. Do you think there will be a role for him to play? Oh, absolutely. He could play any number of different roles from uh, the first guy that teaches him the ways of magic to maybe the father of the main character. I mean, he could be any number of characters within this universe. He could be a professor at the college. Um, There's really no limit. More than likely, though, he'll probably be one of the performers at the, the tavern that the main character likes to go to. Well, that you know that definitely would only help the show out you know he's got quite the star power right now oh yeah absolutely and like i said like the time is now to start coming out with game of Thrones replacements because it's got one season to go well we also are supposed to, supposedly you're going to be getting some spinoff shows this is true but i don't know like depending on the spinoffs and how much care and attention they put to them if it's the same you know that they do with regular game of thrones they might still be all right but I don't think it's any guarantee that there'll be, you know, the same ratings hits as Game of Thrones was just because there are spinoffs. You're right. I mean, there's there's no guarantee that it'll be, uh, it would be a ratings hit. Uh, okay, last story I want to talk about uh, is uh, we have a director in talks to direct a Deathstroke movie. Um, Joe Manganiello has been kind of hush hush about whether or not Deathstroke is still going to going to appear in the Matt Matt Reeves Ben Affleck Batman movie now uh, he's said for the most part that he doesn't know if he's supposed to be he's going to he's going to be in it or not but he also tweeted a photo of the Deathstroke mask or helmet uh, a couple of days ago um, I guess what this was to imply because of the news that we that we had come out is that uh, they're going to make their, a Deathstroke standalone movie which that's what DC is kind of doing right now. It's just like, hey, let's just make all the characters into movies. <laughs> yeah. Let's just make everything. If it's got an attachment to Batman, let's make it a movie. So um, we have uh, the director of The Raid, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we both talked about that when it first came out. Um, Gareth Evans is in early discussions to write and direct uh, a Deathstroke movie. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, the minimum you can ask for, which I think with him and the helm, it's going to deliver is some really kick-ass act. Kick-ass. <laughs> Turn to Sean Connery for a second. Some really kick-ass action. Yeah. You know, uh, I think at the at the very least, it should be a good action movie as long as he gets the same 
you know, stunt team and uh, director of photography. Um, I mean, because I would assume that that had a lot to do with uh, how well that movie was shot. Uh, the raid, that is. Oh, yeah. Plus, I mean, they already have the camaraderie. They know how to work with each other already and kind of what expectations they have of each other. So I could see them pulling in the team to... Now, I would also be ecstatic if... Um, oh, I can't, I can't... I don't remember how you say his name. Um, the star of the raid. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not going to pr- pronounce that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it'd be pretty cool if he was able to make it into the movie somehow. Yeah. Iowa? I, I, Iowa? I I W O I O something like that. I O E O E I E I O. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. What, I mean, what would you think of that? I think it'd be awesome. I I mean, he could be a named character. He could be just some dude in a mask. You know, he could be some guy that teaches a young Slade Wilson how to fight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like. Like with uh, Lin Manuel, the possibilities for who he could play in something like this are very much open. Yeah, that would—I mean—that would be pretty incredible. Uh, a little thing, uh, I think, a side note would be that Evans also initially passed on directing Justice League Dark. I think that's a good move. I think Justice League Dark is, um, as much as I like to see that happen, I think it's still way too soon for that to happen. You know, it's—I think it's way too soon. Plus, it needs a different name. You call it Justice League Dark, and it's gonna confuse a lot of people. Of yeah. How is it like? How is it, how come Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman aren't on this team? Yeah, why is it called the Justice League? It's not like the X Men Blue Team and Gold Team. You know, yeah. this is a completely night and day type. It thing. just needs to be called like Dark. You know, it could just be called that, or it could be called the John Constantine movie or something. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, I mean, not that uh, um, Evans needs to be, you know pigeonholed into just doing fight action movies but you know a magical movie is going to be a lot different than a fight movie at least it should be and i mean it's probably going to be much more visual effect heavy although i hope they'd lean on you know as much practical as they can these days because you know even in good movies bad cgi just sticks out so bad well i mean that's the what i've heard is that you know you never you never talk about the CGI unless it's bad. Like, if it's good, you don't even notice it or well, yeah. it doesn't come up to your mind. I mean, there's been some movies like No Country for Old Men. I had no idea that had CGI in it. <laughs> right. And you, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so. And, you know, it's... it's uh, Sometimes there's practical effects that just don't lend to time either. Like, over time, they look cheesy. This is true. Puppets, for one thing, you know, that <laughs> it, can really date your movie but very much um they just have to do i mean (laughs) then again yeah look at the the difference with uh the original spawn movie you have malibulgia that looks like a special effect from a playstation one (laughs) cutscene, and um some of the animatronics also look extremely stiff and this came out several years after jurassic park which used both you know animatronic and cgi you know and people bring that up a lot they bring up like jurassic park was made in 1994 i think it was 94 yeah 94 92 somewhere around there uh you know you know why is it that these other shows can't have better or other movies can't have better it's like this was spielberg making a 
huge budget movie, yeah, they gave him all the money. Of course they're going to give him all the money. You can't... I, I, just, I just think it's not fair to other movies that were made in the mid to late 90s to be held up to that standard. Well, and like, for instance, Terminator 2, you know, with Cameron at the helm. That yeah. one also still really holds up well. And I think that, you're right, it has a lot to do with who's the person in charge. They, You have to have somebody who has a genuine vision and has a discerning eye for what looks fake versus what looks passable. Right. And I think some people have that, and they need to be a certain type of personality, definitely very type A alpha males that get what they want no matter what at the cost of poor, you know, computer programmers yes, <laughs> uh, and artists, you know, burning themselves out. But then you have the people that just say, eh, that looks good enough, and then you get <laughs> the weird like wax looking dummy of the rock in the mummy too. So, yes. Oh God. Which came out 10 years later. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that looked pretty bad. Uh, okay. Is there any other news that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I think we're good for now. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into stranger things season two. Then uh, we're going to take this as an episode by the, by the uh, episode by episode, I guess is the best way to put yeah, it. Episode of time. Uh, most people have probably already binge watched all, all 10 episodes. Yeah. Uh, or eight episodes, or it was or, nine actually. Is it nine? It okay. was nine, yeah. Yeah, all nine episodes, and uh, we're gonna take it episode by episode. As you stated earlier, you've already gone through six. Uh, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> I did not mean to, but hey, yeah, you know, it's a good show. I can understand <laughs> if if I wasn't in time constraints, I probably would have kept watching as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right now I am only uh, one episode deep, and uh, I'm gonna say, wow, I was actually pretty blown away by the first episode. Mm. how did you feel i yeah i the whole from the moment the uh theme song started after the cold open um i had a shit-eating grin <laughs> and i it lasted throughout the whole episode throughout the whole six hours actually um to the point where yeah my cheeks kind of hurt a little bit <laughs> of it, but i'm like this is so awesome like i like how they're treating this they're expanding on things in a logical way uh, that's not to say I haven't already noticed some potential plot holes, maybe, but uh, we'll get to those in due time. In the first episode? Uh, well, I mean, like I said, I did go the a little first further. Episode. Okay. But yeah, the first episode sets it up really nicely. So, and just be warned, uh, anybody that hasn't uh, watched the show yet, or this, at least this episode, we are definitely going to spoil the episode. Uh, okay. Season 2, Chapter 1, takes place a year later after Season 1, Chapter 8. Uh... I had the weird, like, <laughs> it was so strange for me to see these characters kind of just doing everyday life. I mean, I understand it's a show and they need to create story and stuff like that. But, like, I just kept thinking like to myself, if I had gone through something like this I, a mere year earlier, how could I just, like, deal with everyday life the way that they were? Like, how could these kids still be going to school? How could... Uh, you know, Winona Ryder's character just be okay. Like, ob- I mean, obviously, she's, you start to see her. She's kind of fraying at the edges, but, uh, like, going back to work would just seem so weird to me. Well, yeah, there would have to be an adjustment period, I'm sure. But I think the kids would adapt better than the adults overall. I mean, th- they do say kids adapt better to, to things like that. Yeah, uh, you or at least they're able to so they can just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so they can be dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, um, like it. We see the kids. They're the 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 four boys. They're uh, 
at the beginning of the show, they're searching for money, scavenging for, for, for quarters. It's, it seems very, very much to do and very urgent that they get these quarters. Uh, let's see. Dustin gets his quarters from going through the couch cushions, right? The recliner that her mom is in, yeah. Yeah. He's looking for two specific quarters, too. And he asked her to get up out of the, out of the recliner. Uh, Mike gets his from his sister's piggy bank. Yeah, um, rifling through her, like, underoos uh, drawer <laughs> to get it. Which is weird that she has her piggy bank in her underwear drawer. It's weird that she has a piggy bank. Yeah, that's true, She's too. She's like a junior in high school. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, what's, what's the other two kids' names? There's Will. Uh, Will. And. Dustin, Mike, and Lucas. Lucas. Lucas gets his because he's like. I worked for mine. I did. I did jobs. I did things. Uh, it was more of turning in like cans and bottles, though, right? Uh, he like mowed his neighbor's. Oh, lawn that's right, mowed his lawn. Yeah. Uh, and then Will. Did they say how he got? He uh, got his quarters? They did not say how Will got it, but you presume that he probably just got it from his mom because she's still definitely being a helicopter parent right and now. She's yeah. She's yeah. Very much smothering him, or I mean, which just makes sense. Yeah. He was gone for three months essentially and uh was it three months it was a couple of weeks was it only a couple of weeks yeah it was like beginning of november till right before thanksgiving oh so right before thanksgiving and they they've been in the episode they cut all the way to to christmas because i remember yes. the last episode was christmas okay yeah it was like a month later all right uh so yeah in he, they show up at the arcade i guess the the point of them getting as many quarters as they can is so they can try and beat uh, Dragon's Lair? Yeah, and I mean, that whole scene at the arcade took me back. It gave me such a hard nostalgia trip. I miss arcades so I, much. Yeah, and especially, well, I don't miss that particular game, though, because that game was hard The game balls. is so, super hard. Like, I, it took me a couple quarters just to understand how it worked. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, why is he not moving where I'm moving the controller to? And then I realized, oh, you got to time your moves to cues on the screen. And then later on, when I found out how that whole thing even worked, I was like, this is just a glorified DVD. Like, yeah, you're, you're just pressing the remote control direction to make a selection for what scene comes next. And it's either <laughs> the right one or you die. Yeah. I'm like, this is a chip, but... Damn. Yeah, but the whole point is you're wanting to see the story, the rest of the story, see how it plays out. Oh, the whole point was me just trying to see Princess Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think that's probably what a lot of uh, young boys were trying to do, too. Yeah, if you're ever bored, research uh, Princess Daphne cosplay. You will not be disappointed. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, I, they. I, I guess, is Dustin supposed to be their best player? From the sound of it, yeah, he's got the high score and like two other machines at this Dug arcade. And, and centipede. And centipede, but then uh, the arcade guy is like, mm, not so much anymore. Yeah, and that dude reminded me so much of like just older douchebag kids from when I was a kid. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, they got this guy perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was pretty pretty close on, and I love that he tried to extort a date with with Mike's sister Nancy by being like i'll tell you who it is if you uh give me a date with her it's like one she already has a boyfriend two she has another guy that's already in the wings <laughs> yeah yeah there's no shortage of you know get in line buddy yeah. you know what though for a quick second i almost thought this is going to be a reference to uh, 
what was it, Pretty in Pink, and he was going to demand, uh, like, his sister's underwear. Oh, no, that's, uh, is that... Is that Pretty in Pink? Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I've never seen one. Pretty in Pink. Okay, no, I've yeah, seen that's, Sixteen Candles. You're right, it's absolutely different movie, but <laughs> same actress, but yeah, yeah, um... He's gonna request a uh, Molly Ringwald or uh, not Molly Ringwald, uh, Nancy Wheeler's underwear. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. Thankfully, it was a little more innocent. It was just a date. But uh, he was like, "Yeah, no, get lost." <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's talk about some of the new characters that we've introduced to. Um, we have Sean Astin's character, Bob. Uh, Paul Reiser's character, Doctor Owens. Yeah, which uh, I love the moment. I had forgotten he was going to be in this. So did I. So when he walked in wearing the you know doctor's uh, coat, I'm like, oh, that's right, he's in this. And I just kept thinking, man, he plays such a good smarmy '80s character. <laughs> no, okay. So are the reasons why we have like Sean Astin and Paul Reiser is because they were huge, like genre guys in the 80s because oh, like, Sean Astin was huge... obviously Goonies and Paul Reiser was Aliens. Yeah, that, I think that has a huge part to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, there's even a couple of throwaway lines that seem to be hinting at some definite references to their past work. Um, this comes later on though, so I won't spoil it now, but <sighs> there's definitely what seems to be some callbacks to some some previous 80s stuff. Okay, sounds good. Um Paul Reiser's character, uh, Dr. Owens. Uh, oh, uh, some of the other characters. Noah Schnapp, which I believe is Billy? I think Noah Schnapp is uh Oh, no, Will. that's 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 Will. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's I guess I, I do have a trouble with that. Because I, I think of Will as being part of the main story, like the main cast in the first season. And does he? yes, he is part of the main story, but the actor really isn't in the show all that much because... He's in the upside down the whole time. Mostly, yeah. He doesn't really have a lot of screen time, you could say. Yeah. Um, but they changed that in this season. And like I said, I won't go into any future details. But wow, like he is as good, if not better, at acting than any of these other kids. He really? Yeah. You, you feel that way? He, he gets put through the ringer, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's bad, but yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we didn't really get a chance to see that showcased in the first season. Oh, no, no, not at all. You know, mostly he was just kind of, uh, you know, scared and alone (laughs) would be a good way to describe his acting in the first season. But, no, yeah, he really has a bit more range in this this time around. Fair enough. They let him stretch his wings. Yes, yes, they really do. Uh, Dacker Montgomery, that's who plays Billy. Now, Now, I like to refer to him as sexy young Chad Lowe. He does look like Chad Lowe. Which is weird because, like, so many of these other characters, these other actors, they look like young versions of, of, of older actors. Like, yeah. like Jonathan. Like, I, don't, I can't quite put my finger on it who he looks like. It's kind of a little bit Johnny Depp, kind of a little bit um, uh, who, the, the kid who played um, John Connors in... Edward Furlong? No. In the third Terminator movie. Oh, um, uh, yeah, the Yellow Bastard. Uh, yes, the Yellow Bastard, the one that went kind of crazy. something? Stoll. Nicholas Stoltz. Yeah, Stoll. Yeah. Stoll. Nick Stoll. Stoltz, yeah. Uh, but he, this is, Dacre Montgomery is playing Billy, and it took me a second to realize who, why I'd seen this actor before. He was a Power Ranger. He was the Red Power Ranger in the movie, the the, the new movie that came out the last year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen it yet, so I did not make that connection, but I saw that somebody mentioned it on Reddit. 
And uh, kind of tangential to that, another surprise Power Ranger from a different thing altogether. Uh, Serena Vincent, who I believe was the Power Ranger, the Pink Ranger in like Power Rangers Galaxy or something like that. Um, she was the naked foreign exchange student in another teen movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh Okay, that's an interesting side story. I know, I know, like, anything that has to do with nudity trivia with celebrities, <laughs> I, I'm your guy. It's right there. It's on the... It's on. It was like, Mr. Skin is just a, a nickname for me. There you go. I mean, if you had started off that website, you'd probably know, be a lot yeah. better off. Uh, all right, and then Sadie Sink, who plays Max or Mad Max. Or Maxine. Or Maxine. Uh, yeah, she she is the, she, she is the, the character who is dethrone dustin as the head of dig dug do you remember dig dug did you play a lot yeah, of dig dug yeah. I, 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 I never got into that game I just, I, it wasn't it, my favorite it's I, it's digging and then you blow up like literally blow up creatures yeah it seems kind of cruel <laughs> it's like i've given alka seltzer to pigeons it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> uh matthew modine not part of the cast at this point i don't know if he's gonna show up later or not Okay, uh, but yeah, he's not in the first episode. Um, Paul Reiser's character is kind of like, t- I feel like Dr. Owens is kind of taking that place. Um, they seem to trust him, at least uh, Renona Ryder and, and David Harbour's character, but I don't know. Like, he's obviously, they are showing the video to the same, uh, to some type of government people. And, you know, they're, he's, he's telling them everything, or he's, he's the, heading up the project. Uh, we see that there's some scientists or government people kind of setting fire to uh, some of the stuff left over from uh, season one. That's the opening to the Upside Down. Yep. Yeah, basically, this is like a containment team or some kind of like uh, damage control unit that well, was sent in to help clean up the mess that the first lab created. Well, see, like in... in, in Clean up, I think, is a little too too much because they are obviously. I like contain better because they are obviously not closing the door and they're not uh, trying to rid any of the stuff that's growing out of the doorway. But they are keeping it hedged back. I guess the trimmed back. I guess is the best way to put it. And they use bow torches to do it, which I think is interesting because as soon as they use it, you hear the squealing and the screaming of the cre- like it's some, like it's a living creature. Yeah, there's definitely uh, the it. It kind of lends itself to assume that the upside down might actually be a living entity as a whole, and not just a physical place with things living in it. I I mean yes, and and I I find it funny that, or at least not funny, but at least it, it got me thinking that you know this all stemmed, at least from what we understood from, or at least what I understood from the first uh, season, uh, from a remote viewing project like uh basically they just wanted to be able to uh create a a person that could uh find other people anywhere in the world from wherever they were at yeah remote viewing it's essentially the same uh, it's a combination of two real life uh projects uh, one being mk ultra where the cia was trying to use uh mind expanding drugs to see if it had any effect on psychic ability and uh, mind control, and also the the remote viewing project that the army conducted in the late seventies, early eighties, that the men who stare at goats is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where that comes from. This one, obviously, 
the implication being that it worked <laughs> um, at least twice before now uh, because we hadn't even gone over it but during the cold open we see that there is another person with abilities and, and she's uh, 008 yep 008 so now, now it is confirmed that there are others besides 11 now her power it seems to, I mean it's definitely mental in in uh, uh, base as well but she produces like a uh, hallucinogens or or uh, not hallucinogens but uh, hallucinations hallucinations thank you because she makes a cop think that the tunnel collapsed behind them and he stops and causes an accident but obviously that didn't actually happen yes and i think this is the more direct throwback to firestarter mm. um because that's the power that the father had drew barrymore's father had that exact same power he could cause hallucinations um like he made a cabbie think that a one dollar bill was a hundred dollar bill at one point. Um, so maybe it's more of a power suggestion, something like that. Yeah. Without actually having to talk to them, though. Right. She yeah. Does it's it from, entirely mental. Yeah. Um, and like, again, like in that movie, using the power causes you to have like nosebleeds. Right. Um, which both zero zero eight and eleven apparently still have. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. That we that was our cold open to the to the episode to episode one, and then um, we don't see anything more about that in this episode. But um, there's more down the line. It's yeah. Okay, we, we definitely revisit that whole concept. Uh, let me talk about this real. Some of those other things real quick. Um, Barb, Barb's parents. We see them. Uh, for the first time they are very hopeful of figuring out what did happen to barb and where she's at or Dude, that was so heartbreaking <laughs> and they, they are so hopeful that they are paying a guy to do all this research for them a journalist a, a real person to investigate stuff and uh they are selling their house to pay him off um which is completely sad for sid or sid uh, nancy and um what's her boyfriend's name oh um I can't think of his name at the moment. Oh, now I'm drawing a blank too. Harrington, Steve, 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 oh, uh, and and Nancy are are having dinner with them. I guess they probably have a uh, an annual or not annual, but a monthly dinner or maybe even a weekly dinner with them. I would call it a guilty dinner. <laughs> well, it's definitely a guilty th- dinner, and it's taking its toll on Nancy having to be there. Um, they are the the journalist that they've hired is um, a conspiracy theory kind of guy oh yeah uh he has some theories and he constantly bothers uh hopper you yep. on a regular basis with them uh at one point he says something about a little russian girl and being seen and stuff like that and that takes hopper's real interest because he's like he, he knows who he's talking about but he wants to know what other people know since he really feels protective of, of 11 and uh, as we saw at the end of the last season, he puts food out for her, not knowing if she's there or not. Yeah. Um, but when he finds out that the journalist doesn't have anything new and any new information, no one's really seen the girl in a while. He just blows him off and is like, okay, well, you're, you're, you don't have anything. So, you know, you go, go about your craziness. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Will, when he has his little, his hallucination or flashback or whatever you want to call it is... Uh, his scene of the upside down. We see a tendrilled creature in the sky. Now this kind—I of, mean, I remember this in the trailer for this—is when you kind of said, "What if this isn't a 
uh, if the upside down isn't so much a alternate universe, but the future of ours, mm-hmm. do you still feel that way after seeing the first episode? No, I think it's definitely just a sort of a distorted version of this reality. So, do you think he's having PTSD flashbacks, or do you think he's actually oh like, no no transporting over to the? I think he's down? definitely switching back and forth between this world and the upside down because I think that's how they established it in the. Uh, season finale of season one as well is that he's still kind of in both places kind of yeah like reverts back and forth like he has no control over it he's just kind of flips flops back and forth now is that a result of him spending so much time there do you think or is that more of there is going to be some kind of uh reveal that maybe uh, his mother had some experiments done to him when she was younger because she obviously needed money as well. I think it's a result of him being contaminated by whatever was in the other side. Okay. He brought it back with him, so that's what pulls him back. Like the things that came out of his, his mouth when he was uh, at the end of the first season. Yeah, like the slugs or whatever those were. Like something definitely inhabited his body and it became a part of him, I think. So like... Those eggs that we never got answers to. Right. So he's now essentially part upside down, which is why I think he can kind of go back and forth. Notice that there was other characters like Nancy and uh, Hopper that also went to the upside down. Um, But they didn't nearly spend as much time as he did. Not nearly as much, but they didn't seem to have been contaminated either. And they're not having the, the same kind of flashing back and forth like he is. What do you think of that large tendrilled creature... I think it looks pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a step up from the Demogorgon. Um, right. I, I love that they're going with the more Lovecraftian, like, eldritch horror angle this time around. Um, and it, it remains to be seen what this thing is and what it wants and how it ties into, you know, the Upside Down. Because it makes you wonder, was that thing always there? And we just never got to saw it the first time around. Or is it being attracted to, let's say, someone like Will, who has made it to the other side, and it wants to use him to get through to the other side as well? So I also think it's interesting, it, as from the storyline from the first season, that when Eleven first went into the Upside Down, it was all completely black. Mm-hmm. There was no world there. All, all, all existed was the person that she needed to find. Uh, and then... As she kept going through the Upside Down to find people or do whatever they asked her to do, the world became created. Or at least it seemed to become to show itself more as a bad version of it of the world that we live in. Um, do you think that's going to come into more play this season? Well, from the little bit that I've seen ahead of the show, they still don't make a clear answer as to why that is because that happens again. Um, but... Uh, if you notice now there's also a beyond Stranger Things or something like that it's like Talking Dead for Stranger Things yeah hosted by Jim Rash um, that's an interesting host yeah I was like really him okay whatever I guess Chris Hardwick just couldn't take the job maybe <laughs> I don't know um, yeah so in one of the episodes of uh, the after show and is um, that found on on Netflix that's also on Netflix yeah okay um, if you finish the whole show, the whole season all the way through, that would immediately start afterwards. But you can also watch it separately. Oh, you can? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so in one of those episodes, because I started watching those too, because I'm already feeling withdrawals from not watching 
the rest of Stranger Things. <laughs> um, they actually had Bill Knight come on in one of the episodes, and he explains to the kids how the multiverse works uh, in theory. And he mentions how, you know, how pocket universes can form between two different dimensions. And that is, in essence, would be that area that L first goes into. Was the in-between. Was the in-between. Wow. It's, it's, they call that the void. And that's not the upside down. No. No. That's why when she's in the uh, that in-between stage, um, she can't make physical contact with anything in there. She can only observe and hear and all that. Um, because there's nothing really there. It's more like an astral projection plane. And then when it goes a step further, then she goes... It's basically like a... What would you call it? Like a vestibule between the two dimensions. Mm -hmm. uh, Ours and the upside down. So when she vanishes to finally go all the way through to the upside down, that's when it becomes a physical world with like objects and creatures and living things. So that was kind of neat to have a, a science man explain that in a little bit more detail i was like oh well that makes sense why there's one that's been completely clean and empty and shiny black floor and then there's one that's grungy and dirty and looks like a corrupted version of our world so yeah. it's two different places okay uh so last thing i want to talk about i think one of the biggest surprises for the episode was that sheriff hopper has himself a little secret yeah, he is when he when he shows up to his cabin and he he, he drives up and he pulls up and he he, get, he goes to the front door and he starts knocking on it. I'm like, why is he knocking on his own place, knocking on the door of his own place? And then it's revealed he has eleven. He's eleven's living with him. He's he, he's housing eleven, uh, potentially Russian spy fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I thought that was a kind of nice little tribute, and uh, I hope they they go into further of you know how he came to um, get of get custody of her. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, she she obviously is growing out her hair. She's lived there for a while. I mean, I'm assuming close to a year. Um, but he do, obviously he also doesn't let her out of the house, which kind of scary yeah he's a bit overprotective a bit overprotective yeah. i mean one he had to live through this the events of season one two he also lost a child before the events of season one and he knows just how dangerous it is for l out there you know the government gets a hold of her they're probably going to want to dissect her did you okay it was it it might have been just me but did when they did the cold open in the at the, at the beginning of this episode with uh the cops in Pittsburgh, I think mm -hmm. it was what it was. Did you think that was a like a flashback to when Hopper's days as a as a as a city cop? Yes, that's, that's what I thought that's too. Exactly what I thought when they showed you because it, it pans really fast on one cop and who's it looks wearing like, a mustache. Like, yeah, and it looks like him for a second. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's exactly what I thought. But then I was like, wait, this doesn't jive. This is because it also says 1984. Yeah. Um. So. I was like, wait, what's happening? Is maybe Hopper not in Hawkins, Hawkins anymore? anymore? Yeah. yeah. But no, no, it was just some other dude that just happened to kind of look like him in the flashing light. <laughs> okay. Was there anything else that you, in particular you wanted to talk about? We wrap up this episode. I know there was a lot that happened in this first episode, but. Yeah, it's just a really good setup. And uh, sounds like we're going to get some pretty interesting stuff coming up here as far as uh, where the show goes. So far, I'm really excited because. Um, Nothing seems cliche yet. Everything seems to be pretty good. We're glossing over quite a few things, like uh, 
Sean Astin's introduction. He's now dating Joyce, um, but that's kind of minor in this episode anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Jonathan and, and Nancy's relationship is not really blossomed but they are at least talking to each other yeah and he's pining away from her they're still they're still friendly with each other yeah so yeah we have quite a few setups so uh we'll see how it continues to play out okay uh if anybody else has some things that they'd like to throw in there uh we love to hear from you i'm on twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat john's also on twitter as i am at magic bollocks the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is uh, the Geek's Watch. I was about to say, this is Stranger Things, but it's like, this is Stranger Things. Uh, we're talking about Stranger Things. This is the Geek's Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.